Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link on the top menu for online edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE on the drop-down. On that same top-of-the-page menu, there is also a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today, we're continuing our reading in Chapter 31, The Simplicity of Salvation, with Section 7, The Savior's Vision. And at the top of the hour, we'll pause to touch in with our lesson for the day. Lesson 333, Forgiveness Ends the Dream of Conflict Here. So, again, I turn to you, Lori. Do you have one of your wonderful noetic openings for the call this morning? And what a beautiful, safe place to land today. It's another poem from Helen called Our Daily Bread. Many of you probably already know it, but it goes like this. Let me this day arise in quietness with only thoughts of sinlessness through which to look upon the world. Let me today behold the world as you would have it be. Because I am as you created me, this I accept today. And as the day draws to a close, all unforgiving thoughts have disappeared, and night comes quietly to bless a day in quietness begun, and ending in forgiveness of God's Son. Forgiveness ends the dream of conflict here. Amen. Well, thank you. Thanks so much, Lori. Thank you, Lori. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Okay. Oh, you're all so welcome. All right. This is what I have as a reading list this morning. I have Lori, Bran, Judy, Harrison, Jessica, Robin Marie, and Karen. And everyone reading. Is there anyone else who's joined the call would like to say good morning or join the reading list? Okay. Well, I'll go ahead and get us started then in Chapter 31. 
the simplicity of salvation with section 7, the Savior's vision. Learning is change. Salvation does not seek to use a means as yet too alien to your thinking to be helpful, nor to make the kinds of change you could not recognize. Concepts are needed while perception lasts, and changing concepts is salvation's task. For it must deal in contrast, not in truth, which has no opposite and cannot change. In this world's concepts are the guilty, quote-unquote, bad, the, quote-unquote, good are innocent, and no one here but holds a concept of himself in which he counts the good to pardon him the bad. Nor does he trust the quote-unquote good in anyone, believing that the quote-unquote bad must lurk behind. This concept emphasizes treachery, and trust becomes impossible. Nor could it change while you perceive the bad in you. And Lori. Uh, chapter 31, The Simplicity of Salvation, The Savior's Vision, Section 7. Learning is change. Salvation does not seek to use a means as yet too alien to your thinking to be helpful, nor to make the kinds of change you could not recognize. Concepts are needed while perception lasts and changing concepts is salvation's task. For it must deal in contrast, not in truth, which has no opposite and cannot change. In this world's concepts are the guilty bad and the so-called good are innocent. And no one here but holds a concept of himself in which he counts the so-called good to pardon him the so-called bad. Nor does he trust the quote-unquote good in anyone, believing that the quote-unquote bad must lurk behind. This concept emphasizes treachery, and trust becomes impossible. Nor could it change while you perceive the quote-unquote bad in you. Sixty-nine. You could not recognize your quote-unquote evil thoughts as long as you see value in attack. You will perceive them sometimes, but you will not see them as meaningless. And so they come in fearful form with content still concealed to shake your sorry concept of yourself and blacken it with still another quote-unquote crime. You cannot give yourself your innocence for you are too confused about yourself. But should one brother dawn upon your sight as wholly worthy of forgiveness, then your concept of yourself is wholly changed. Your quote-unquote evil thoughts have been forgiven with his because you let them all affect you not. No longer did you choose that you should be the sign of evil and of guilt in him. And as you gave your trust to what is good in him, 
You gave it to the good in you. Thank you, Lori. And Fran. 69. You could not recognize your quote-unquote evil thoughts as long as you see value in attack. You will perceive them sometimes, but will not see them as meaningless. And so they come in fearful form with content still concealed to shake your sorry concept of yourself and blacken it with still another quote-unquote crime. You cannot give yourself your innocence, for you are too confused about yourself. But should one brother dawn upon your sight as wholly worthy of forgiveness, then your concept of yourself is wholly changed. Your quote-unquote evil thoughts have been forgiven with his because you let them all affect you not. No longer did you choose that you should be the sign of evil and of guilt in him. And as you gave your trust to what is good in him, you gave it to the good in you. 70. In terms of concept, it is thus you see him more than just a body, for the good is never what the body seems to be. The actions of the body are perceived as coming from the quote-unquote baser part of you and thus of him as well. By focusing upon the good in him, the body grows decreasingly persistent in your sight and will at length be seen as little more than just a shadow circling around the good. And this will be your concept of yourself when you have reached the world beyond the sight your eyes alone can offer you to see. For you will not interpret what you see without the capital aid that God has given you. And in his sight, there is another world. Well, thank you, Bran and Judy. Yes, thank you, Lemoyne. In terms of concepts, it is thus you see him more than just a body. For the good is never what the body seems to be. The actions of the body are perceived as coming from the, quote, baser, unquote, part of you and thus of him as well. By focusing upon the good in him, the body grows decreasingly persistent in your sight and will at length be seen as little more than just a shadow circling around the good. <laughs> How lovely. And this will be your concept of yourself. When you have reached the world beyond the sight, your eyes alone can offer you to see. For you will not interpret what you see without the capital aid that God has given you. And in his sight, there is another world, the real world. You live in that world just as much as this. For both are concepts of yourself, which can be interchanged, but never jointly held. The contrast is far greater than you think, for you will love this concept of yourself because it was not made for you alone, born as a gift for someone 
not perceived to be yourself, it has been given you. Born as a gift for someone, not perceived to be yourself, it has been given you. Very interesting. For your forgiveness offered unto him has been accepted now for both of you. Amen. Loving it. Thank you, Judy. And Harrison. 71. You live in that world just as much as this. For both are concepts of yourself, which can be interchanged, but never jointly held. The contrast is far greater than you think. For you love this concept of yourself because it was not made for you alone. Born as a gift for someone not perceived to be yourself, it has been given you. For your forgiveness offered unto him has been accepted now for both of you. 72. Have faith in him who walks with you so that your fearful concept of yourself may change. And look upon the good in him that you may not be frightened by your quote-unquote evil thoughts because they do not cloud your view of him and all the shift requires is that you be willing that this happy change occur. No more than this is asked. On its behalf, remember what the concept of yourself, which now you hold, has brought you in its wake, and welcome the glad contrast offered you. Hold out your hand that you may have the gift of forgiveness, which you offer one whose need for it is just the same as yours. And let the cruel concept of yourself be changed to one which brings the peace of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Harrison. <clears throat> and Jessica. <clears throat> Thank you. 72. Have faith in him who walks with you so that your fearful concept of yourself may change. And look upon the good in him that you may not be frightened by your so-called evil thoughts 
because they do not cloud your view of him. And all this shift requires is that you be willing that this happy change occur. No more than this is asked. On its behalf, remember what the concept of yourself, which now you hold, has brought you in its wake and welcome the glad contrast offered you. Hold out your hand that you may have the gift of kind forgiveness, which you offer one whose need for it is just the same as yours. And let the cruel concept of yourself be changed to one which brings the peace of God. The concept of yourself, which now you hold, would guarantee your function here remain forever unaccomplished and undone. And thus it dooms you to a bitter sense of deep depression and futility. Yet it need not be fixed unless you choose to hold it past the hope of change and keep it static and concealed within your mind. Give it instead to him who understands the changes that it needs to let it serve the function given you to bring you peace, that you may offer peace to have it yours. Alternatives are in your mind to use and you can see yourself another way. Would you not rather look upon yourself as needed for salvation of the world instead of as salvation's enemy? Thank you, Jessica. And Robin Marie. Seventy-three. The concept of yourself, which now you hold, would guarantee your function here remain forever unaccomplished and undone. And thus it dooms you to a bitter sense of deep depression and futility. Yet it need not be fixed unless you choose to hold it past the hope of change and keep it static and concealed within your mind. Give it instead to capital him who understands the changes that it needs to let it serve the function given you to bring you peace, that you may offer peace to have it yours. Alternatives are in your mind to use, and you can see yourself another way. Would you not rather look upon yourself as needed for salvation? of the world instead of salvation's enemy. 74. The concept of the self stands like a shield, a silent barricade before the truth, and hides it from your sight. All things you see are images because you look on them as through a barrier which dims your sight and warps your vision so that you behold nothing with clarity. The light is kept from everything you see. At most, you glimpse a shadow of what lies beyond. At least, you merely look on darkness and perceive the terrified imaginings that come from guilty thoughts and concepts born of fear. And what you see is hell, for fear is hell. 
All that is given you is for release. The sight, the vision, and the inner guide all lead you out of hell with those you love beside you and the universe with them. Thank you, Robin Murray. And Karen. 74. The concept of the self stands like a shield, a silent barricade before the truth, and hides it from your sight. All things you see are images because you look on them as though a barrier which dims your sight and warps your vision so that you could so that you behold nothing with clarity. The light is kept from everything you see. At most you glimpse a shadow of what lies beyond. At least you merely look on darkness and perceive the terrified imaginings that come from guilty thoughts and concepts born of fear. And what you see is hell, for fear is hell. All that is given you is for release. The sight, the vision, and the inner guide all lead you out of hell with those you love beside you and the universe with them. 75. Behold your role within the universe. To every part of true creation has the Lord of love and life entrusted all salvation from the misery of hell. And to each one has he allowed the grace to be a savior to the holy ones, especially entrusted to his care. And this he learns when first he looks upon one brother as he looks upon himself and sees the mirror of himself in him. Thus is the concept of himself laid by, for nothing stands between his sight and what he looks upon to judge what he beholds. And in this single vision does he see the face of Christ and understand he looks on everyone as he beholds this one. For there is light where darkness was before, and now the veil is lifted from his sight. Thank you, Karen. And is there a new reader for 75 and 76? New reader for 75 and 6? Patricia here this morning. Good morning, Patricia. Would you like to read? Okay, here we go. Thank you. Behold your role within the universe. To every part of true creation has the Lord of love and life entrusted all salvation from the misery of hell. And to each one has he allowed the grace, the grace to be a savior to the holy ones 
especially entrusted to his care. And this he learns when first he looks upon one brother. One brother as he looks upon himself and sees the mirror, the mirror of himself in him. Thus is the concept of himself laid by. For nothing stands between his sight and what he looks upon to judge what he beholds. And in this single vision does he see the face of Christ and understand he looks on everyone as he beholds this one. He looks on everyone as he beholds this one. For there is light where darkness was before, and now the veil is lifted from his sight. 76. The veil across the face of Christ, the fear of God and of salvation, and the love of guilt and death. They all are different names for just one error. That there is a space between you and your brother. A space between you and your brother kept apart by an illusion of yourself which holds him off from you and you away from him. The sword of judgment is the weapon which you give to the illusion of yourself that it may fight to keep the space that holds your brother off unoccupied by love. Yet while you hold this sword, you must perceive the body as yourself, for you are bound to separation from the sight of him who holds the mirror, the mirror to another view of what he is and thus what you must be. Thank you. Thank you, Patricia. And is there another new reader for 76 and 77? Another new reader for 76 and 7? Okay, back to you, Lori. 
the veil across the face of Christ, the fear of God and of salvation, and the love of guilt and death, they all are different names for just one error, that there is a space between you and your brother, kept apart by an illusion of yourself, which holds him off from you and you away from him. The sword of judgment is the weapon which you give to the illusion of yourself, but it may fight to keep the space that holds your brother off unoccupied by love. And while you hold this sword, you must perceive the body as yourself, for you are bound to separation from the sight of him who holds the mirror to another view of what he is and thus what you must be. What is temptation but the wish to stay in hell and misery? And what could give rise to... Excuse me. What is temptation but a wish to stay in hell and misery? And what could this give rise to but an image of yourself that can be miserable and remain in hell and torment? Who has learned to see his brother not as this? Has saved himself. And thus is he a savior to the rest. To everyone has God entrusted all. Because a partial savior would be one who is but partly saved. The holy ones whom God has given each of you to save are everyone you meet or look upon, not knowing who they are. All those you saw an instant and forgot. And those you knew a long while since. And those you will yet meet the unremembered and the not yet born. For God has given you his son to save from every concept that he ever held. Thank you, Lori. And Fran. 77. What is temptation but the wish to stay in hell and misery? And what could this give rise to but the image of yourself that can be miserable and remain in hell and torment. Who has learned to see his brother not as this, has saved himself, and thus is he a savior to the rest. To everyone has God entrusted all, because a partial savior would be one who was but partly saved. The holy ones whom God has given each of you to save are everyone you meet or look upon, not knowing who they are, all those you saw an instant and forgot, and those you knew a long while since, and those you will yet meet, the unremembered and the not yet born. For God has given you his son to save from every concept that he ever held. 78. Yet while you wish to stay in hell, how could you be the savior of the son of God? How would you know his holiness while you see him apart from yours? For holiness is seen through holy eyes that look upon the innocence within and thus expect to see it everywhere. And so they call it forth in everyone they look upon that he may be what they expect of him. This is the Savior's vision, that he see his innocence in awe he looks upon and sees his own salvation everywhere. He holds no concept of himself between his calm and open eyes and what he sees. He brings the light to what he looks upon, and he may see it as it really is. 
Thank you, friend. And Judy. Thank you, Lemoyne. Yet while you wish to stay in hell, how could you be the Savior of the Son of God? How would you know his holiness while you see him apart from yours? For holiness is seen through holy eyes that look upon the innocence within and thus expect to see it everywhere. And so they call it forth in everyone they look upon that he may be what they expect of him. This is the Savior's vision. That he see his innocence in all he looks upon and sees his own salvation everywhere. He holds no concept of himself between his calm and open eyes and what he sees. He brings the light to what he looks upon that he may see it as it really is. Whatever form temptation seems to take, it always but reflects a wish to be a self which you are not. Whatever form temptation seems to take, it always but reflects a wish to be a self which you are not. And from that wish, a concept rises, teaching that you are the thing you wish to be. It will remain your concept of yourself until the wish that fathered it no longer is held dear. But while you cherish it, you will behold your brother in the likeness of the self whose image has the wish begot of you. For vision can but represent a wish because it has no power to create, yet it can look with love or look with hate, depending only on the simple choice of whether you would join with what you see or keep yourself apart and separate. Ooh-wee. Thank you. Thank you, Judy and Harrison. Shabini, nothing. Whatever form temptation seems to take, it always but reflects a wish to be a self which you are not. And from that wish, a concept arises, a concept rises, teaching that you are the thing you wish to be. It will remain your concept of yourself until the wish that father that no longer is held there. But while you cherish it, you will behold your brother in the likeness of the self whose image has the wish begot of you. For vision can but represent 
a wish because it has no power to create. Yet we can look with love or with hate, depending on the simple choice of whether you would join with what you see or keep yourself apart and separate. Eighty. The Savior's vision is as innocent of what your brother is as it is free of any judgment made upon yourself. It sees no past in anyone at all. Thus it serves a whole open mind, unclouded by old concepts, and prepared to look on only what the present holds. It cannot judge because it does not know. And recognizing this, it merely asks, well, what is the meaning of what I behold? Then is the answer given, and the door held open for the face of Christ to shine upon the one who asked in innocence to see beyond the veil of old ideas and ancient concepts held so long and dear against the vision of the Christ in you. Thank you, Harrison. And Jessica? 80. The Savior's vision is as innocent of what your brother is as it is free of any judgment made upon yourself. It sees no past in anyone at all, and thus it serves a wholly open mind, unclouded by old concepts, and prepared to look on what, on only what the present holds. It cannot judge because it does not know. And recognizing this, it merely asks, what is the meaning of what I behold? Then is the answer given, and the door held open for the face of Christ to shine upon the one who asked in innocence to see beyond the veil of old ideas and ancient concepts held so long and dear against the vision of the Christ in you. 81. Be vigilant against temptation then, remembering that it is but a wish, insane and meaningless, to make yourself a thing which you are not. And think as well upon the thing that you would be instead. It is a thing of madness, pain, and death, a thing of treachery, and black despair, of failing dreams and no remaining hope except to die and end the dreams, the dream of fear. 
This is temptation, nothing more than this. Can this be difficult to choose against? Consider what temptation is and see the real alternatives you choose between. There are but two. Be not deceived by what appears as many choices. There is hell or heaven, and of these you choose but one. Thank you, Jessica. And Robin Marie. Eighty-one. Be vigilant against temptation, then, remembering that it is but a wish, insane and meaningless, to make yourself a thing which you are not. And think as well upon the thing that you would be instead. It is a thing of madness, pain, and death, a thing of treachery and black despair, of failing dreams and no remaining hope except to die and end the dream of fear. This is temptation, nothing more than this. Can this be difficult to choose against? Consider what temptation is and see the real alternatives you choose between. There are but two. Be not deceived by what appears as many choices. There is hell or heaven, and of these you choose but one. 82. Let not the world's light given unto you be hidden from the world. It needs the light, for it is dark indeed, and men despair because the Savior's vision is withheld, and what they see is death. Their Savior stands unknowing and unknown, beholding them with eyes unopened, and they cannot see until he looks on them with seeing eyes and offers them forgiveness with his own. Can you to whom God says, Release my son, be tempted not to listen when you learn that it is you for whom he asks release? And what but this is what this course would teach? And what but this is what this course would teach? And what but this is there for you to learn? Thank you, Robin Marie. And Karen. 82. Let not the world's light given unto you be hidden from the world. It needs the light, for it is dark indeed. And men despair because the Savior's vision is withheld. And what they see is death. Their Savior stands unknowing and unknown, beholding them with eyes unopened. And they cannot see until he looks on them with seeing eyes and offers them forgiveness with his own. Can you, to whom God says, quote, release my son, unquote, be tempted not to listen when you learn that it is you for whom he has release? 
And what but this is what this course would teach. And what but this is there for you to learn. Thank you, Karen. And uh, <laughs> we're past the top of the hour. Um, I just want to, for a recap, I'll just choose one sentence here from the end of 73. Would you not rather look upon yourself as needed for salvation of the world instead of as salvation's enemy? And uh, and that answer is release and the simplicity of salvation. uh, Or just more of the same. And (laughs) either way, I think this makes the path clear. Beat our sort of judgment into, I don't know, the shovel, the shovel of what the heck am I believing here? And so, <laughs> turn to you, Pran, to uh, lead us in the lesson for this morning. I ask everyone give your attention to Pran. Um, thank you for doing this every day, Pran. Please go ahead. Oh, thank you. Hi, everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook. The theme we're on is what is the ego? And today's lesson is lesson 333. Forgiveness ends the dream of conflict here. So I shall read some from what is the ego, and then we'll go over to our lesson and do our five-minute meditation. What is the ego? To know reality is not to see the ego in its thoughts, its works, its acts, its laws, and its beliefs, its dreams, its hopes, its plans for its salvation, and the cost belief in it entails. In suffering, the price for faith in it is so immense that crucifixion of the Son of God is offered daily at its darkened shrine, and blood must flow before the altar where its sickly followers prepare to die. Yet will one lily of forgiveness change the darkness into light, the altar to illusions to the shrine of life itself, and peace will be restored forever to the holy minds which God created as his son, his dwelling place, his joy, his love, completely his, completely one with him. I will go over to the lesson. Lesson 333, Forgiveness Ends the Dream of Conflict Here. Conflict must be resolved. It cannot be evaded, set aside, denied, disguised, seen somewhere else, called by another name, nor hidden by deceit of any kind if it would be escaped. It must be seen exactly as it is where it is thought to be in the reality which has been given it and with the purpose that the mind accorded it. For only then are its defenses lifted 
and the truth can shine upon it as it disappears. Father, forgiveness is the light you chose to shine away all conflict and all doubt and light the way for our return to you. No light but this can end our evil dreams. No light but this can save the world. For this alone will never fail in anything, being your gift to your beloved Son. Lesson 333. Forgiveness ends the dream of conflict here. Five minutes.
Lesson 333, Forgiveness Ends the Dream of Conflict Here. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Fran. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. And floor is open. Good morning. It's Harrison. Conflict. We see it everywhere. We feel it within us. We think it inevitable. Um, we've tried many ways to bring peace to the world to end conflict forever. Um, I think of all the wars of the world and I remember some politician of the years saying this is the war that we end all wars. People would laugh at that idea today. As long as we hold a concept of ourselves as separate from God and from each other, there will be conflict. It's inevitable, but it does not have to be slimy in the course that says, this need not be. But the change isn't going to take place between the political leaders of the world. The change has to take place in our minds. This reading talks about the concept of the self. That's the issue. And until we address that, then we can't fully appreciate what this lesson is talking about. 
Forgiveness ends the dream of conflict here. Through forgiveness, we step outside the dream with Jesus, the Christ. And we realize the illusory nature of the ego's thought system of separation and conflict. Our lesson today emphasizes how we resolve the problem of ego of the ego conflict in our minds. That's where the conflict is. It's not in the world. It's not in the body. The hardest thing for me as a course student is to realize that what my senses are telling me is not reality. Bombs falling, killing all numbers of bodies. That's what my senses are showing me. And to stand against that and to recognize that that's not reality as God created it. The reality as God created it, there are no attacks. There are no bonds. Indeed, there are no bodies. The only thing God created is a thought. Course causes a thought of love. That's all there is. An idea in the mind of God. And if I should just simply stop judging things by what my senses are telling me. Senses that arose from that tiny mad idea that I could be separate from God. An impossible idea. And finally, what today's lesson also tells me. 
is to bring the darkness of conflict to the light of forgiveness in my mind. And forgiveness, what I thought was happening, did not occur. What I think is happening is not occurring. What I perceive as conflict outside of me is a projection of my conflict inside of me. Really, it's a war with God. I'm complete. Thank you, Harrison. Oh, thank you, Harrison. Thank you so much. That was wonderful, Harrison. Thank you. Good morning. This is Patricia. The lesson today evoked a memory of a morning that I had this thing that I went to sleep the night before asking, show me the vision, the vision where there is no conflict. This vision we know is here, show me. And as I was falling asleep, the first thing I got from my soul's response was, you know when you ask, you're going to get an answer. (laughs) And it was a lovely thing to hear. And then I got given, well, we'll start here as you go to sleep, honey, with the way you cook. And any good chef knows how to see the story free of conflict and know the story is not what's happening. It's how you are there. As the cook, you're the one finding the nourishment and everything, and you know how much war and battle and death Oh, you can't have too many bossy ingredients in a recipe. And I'm laughing when I'm thinking of that metaphor as I fall asleep. And I'm asking right now that uh, God give me a way to tell this story short and not take too much time because it's so real what happened. I woke up in the middle of the night, you guys, and here I am, 
I'm upstairs in the farmhouse out in the woods. I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to give you a backdrop. It just so happens. Now, I have a radio next to my bed back then, and it turns out there was a story about a bombing. Oklahoma City was the title. I didn't know anything. I just saw Oklahoma City bombing, and the uh, was turn the radio on. Well, it turned out when I turned my radio on, you guys, I was listening to the execution of someone that had been uh, the one who had done some bombing. And a whole lot of children apparently had died. Well, I didn't know any of this. All I knew was I was awake upstairs in this farmhouse. I turn my radio on and I hear, and uh, now I will tell you the way the room looks. We have three rooms with windows. One room has all the reporters in it where I'm reporting to you on this radio station. And another room we don't see as a family of the one about to be executed with their window. And there's a third room. The third room is of the victims of the crime. And they have a window too. No one sees each other, but I'm reporting to you now on this radio station. We are looking, each of us, from our three positions where we can all see the electrocution table ready. And so what I heard was then the story of them bringing this man in and plugging him in. But my story left me. What I mean, and I hope I can say this easily, I no longer was listening or envisioning what the reporter on the radio was saying. I just laid back. And at first my heart was beating with an overwhelming, oh my gosh, what? What happened, you guys, is beyond any way to exaggerate. The roof of that barn house lifted, and there was a giant ring, as if it's, uh, a ring around the moon just came right down over this property and in the heavens, and then I realized that ring of light was over this event. And it was this Oklahoma ring, way up, and it was big enough, big enough even to wrap uh, the borders of the United States. This light, and then I saw stars, and then I have to participate when this is going on, you guys. So I ask out. I mean, this is me with an experience. This is the first time I've it to anyone. What am I looking at, you guys? What's going on? And as soon as I ask 
Mike, this course confirms you. I get an answer. And hold on. The stars suddenly were individuals, and they were every child that had died in this event. And there was, oh, my God. Love. I, it, it was like it. It was just permeating all the words that were coming through the radio, and the background now was as if the movie. I could hear the man was being hooked up, and this thing was going on. But as that was going on, I was watching these angels up there, and I had to say, "Tell me why you guys have me awake right now." Will you ask the question, girl? Well, then tell me what's going on. And then I heard, we're the only ones here because we're the only ones who can see what's happening. And then I asked, well, God, what's happening? Why are you guys so happy and so blissed out and sure what's going on? And they said, we're receiving our brother. And oh my God, was I shocked. Because it's, well, wait a minute. I mean, you've got parents over there. Well, they can't see what's going on. Well, wait a minute. You know, there's, wait a minute. What's going on? Right. Right, honey. They can't see. We're here receiving and celebrating our brother. And then I watched him, his soul, brighten up that fourth room that all those reporters and victims and family members were in that room that had the electricity lit up. And there was this burst, almost like the Big Bang or some atomic bomb thing of... And I... It was over, and the room was normal, and I'm back in my, just like there's a normal bed here, and all I could think of is, oh, my goodness, I got to watch what I asked for. I had no idea, you guys, what that experience meant, how many years ago that event occurred. But the thing that turns the pages in rewiring my brain to know what the children saying. No one else can see what's really going on, Patricia. We're here receiving our blessed miracle brother and how he lit up their hearts as he left his body. Humbly submitted my story. The truth, not exaggerated. Thank you, everybody. What a gift. Oh, my God, I'm so glad that's recorded. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you, Patricia. Wow. Thank you, Patricia, for... Portraying the truth.
Ruth. Ruth. Am I muted? I'm sorry. No, we hear you, Jude. Where are you going to share, Judy? Yeah. I was going to, I don't know, I'm sort of in a quiet mood this morning, but, you know, I have um, had an interesting thing occur yesterday and, and, and this morning, I, going through a little rubber meets the road and um, looking at conflict being within me and, and how, um, how we practice to deceive ourselves when we take on this image, I image, this I concept as ourself, and then we we project our self-loathing, our our own fear and hatred, out upon the world. And um, the text speaks of this today in the lesson to to me, and um, the idea that. Well, that one line that I read, that I reread, because I found it so compelling in the text, where it says that we don't know that we're given as a gift to each other as ourself, that we all are our one self, and um, that we deceive ourselves when we think we're, that we're not. We think there is an other than, that you are other than, and this has been really a powerful a powerful, powerful message to me lately. There is no other than. There is only one, and it's all those sacred words, I am. Lovely sound of geese flying over. There's been flocks and flocks of geese flying south <laughs> the last couple of days. Um, but that aside, the um, the wonderful... Um, lesson that came to me in the form of my sister. And um, she and I have had an, a long um, series of conflicts in our relationship. And um, I don't blame her. I wasn't the best big sister. And I disappointed her in a number of ways early on in our lives and in the way that I was selfish and self-centered and inconsiderate of her, what her needs were as a little sister. And I think I disappointed her a lot. And she carries and holds grudges, grievances. And, you know, we I got this letter from her, and um, it was a sweet little letter. And it said how happy it is to have someone like you to wish a happy Thanksgiving to. And then I opened it up, and... It was just like a three-line letter that said, um, you know, what they were going to do, her and her husband, and what my nephew was going to do going on vacation to Clearwater. And she broke, brought up the, this trip that we took when we were, like, before we were in our 20s, which is like 50 years ago, and said, remember that trip to Clearwater? And she said, you still owe me for gas. Ha ha. Smiley face. Non-smiley face. 
Yeah. And I could just hear the tone and the attitude in my sister's voice, who can hold a grudge like nobody else, you know. And I just was laughing about how selective our memory is and um, and forgetting certain things that I didn't remember. I don't remember that I wore money and that she did remember it and, um, and how um, we use these roles to hold uh, grievances and accuse one another um, in these special relationships and roles that we play. Um, and it was just such wonderful timing with this because my initial was not a response. I can't say my initial response because it wasn't. It was a knee-jerk reaction to my sister being the way my sister can be. Um, And so I I could feel the visceral reaction, attack and defend, attack and defend. Um, You know, you're a millionaire. Why would you worry about a gas gas debt from 50 years ago and how much do I owe you and I'll send you a check and And I sat down and I just started writing it, you know, because I knew I knew I was really going to get some juice out of it. So um, I wrote it out and I looked at it and I laughed and I, and then I thought this really isn't funny. This is exactly what we've been reading about in the text and how the rubber meets the road and how seriously I must consider this and how I must seriously pray and 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 ask for guidance in how I respond, um, first and foremost, to my own conflict um, and how I, how I would extend my understanding of that to my sister in, in her conflict with her smiley face and her frowny face about something that happened 50 years ago. So I thought this is really a great opportunity. And um, I wrote a, a letter this morning that was inspired it was absolutely beautiful, and I'm just so grateful that I had this simple daily application of the lessons, um, teachings, Holy Spirit's teachings, Christ's teachings to me about the truth, and nothing huge, nothing like monumental, nothing like, wow, this is out of the world stuff. This is just Jude and her little sister and some some woundedness, some always it still go back a long ways and you know, and the simplest of cards can come up in a little smiley emoji or a little frowny emoji and after 50 years there's something still there and I don't think it has anything to do anything at all to do with with money or what 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 that what that um you know, memory brought up for her in that way, that shape, that form. Certainly a call for love to me. And I gave it. So thanks for giving me a place to reflect on this daily lesson. I'm complete. That was a gift too, Judy. What a perfect illustration of today's lesson. Thank you very, very much for sharing that. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. That was great. Yeah, you know when I got to the, I got to the end and I put up, 
because I had a PS and then I had a PSS, and I said, this is a spiritual emotional addendum. <laughs> and I said, you know, I, I honestly, if I have any regret, remorse for anything in the past, you know, that I have a grievance that you would, you would still look at me the way that I was 50 years ago because I'm no longer that person. And that I, first and foremost, have to forgive myself for being that way because I didn't know any better. And secondly, that I do know better now and that if, if I, w- I would never miss an opportunity to be, a, to be your best friend or a big sister to you now. So it was just so wonderful the way it ended. Thank you. I'm complete. Hmm. Boy, what a gentle call to her. Thank you, Judy. Good morning, this is Jennifer, and uh, thank you, Judy, for your real story. Um, well, everyone's story is real, but I really identify with those family dynamics. And anyway, so um, I just, uh, I guess in some total, I came in late. I, I slept in, I in room, um, unknowing to me, I didn't know I, anyways, moving forward, so I'm here at the tail end, and I'm. What I get of this reading is Jennifer, just drop your judgment of everything, and um, I'll see the Christ within, within you, and um, and myself, and I, I too. You know, when Harrison was talking about the reading, um, I I thought at the tail end of the reading, like, wow, you know, I'm. Yeah, I have that voice in me that wants to kill me and everything. <laughs> and it's it's quiet. It's um sometimes it could be really loud. Um depending on uh you know, physical pain or emotional pain that uh I might be in or experiencing. Um but the holding on um tightly at times, uh, to the lessons and um, just asking the question. That was another thing um, Patricia shared. Asking questions back to the light, you'll get the answer. And when I ask questions of God, like, Lord, please help me release me of this, then I it happens. So getting rid of my judgment of myself and now I'm perceiving a, a a drama, and that's another form of, um, I guess, uh, going killing myself, right? Or that part of me that thinks that revels in being separate from God. Oh, I can do it better than you, God. You know, the rebel, um, and uh, so every morning I come. Most mornings I come on this call and others, and I get reminded of the truth. 
<laughs> and that God is welcoming us, welcoming us at every moment. So my desire is to be awake more and more. Love you guys. I'm complete. Thank you, Jennifer. Thanks, Thank Jennifer. Yeah, thanks, Jennifer. Good morning, everyone. This is Lori. And... Uh, Boy, isn't this section just a culmination of all the Course teaching and this lesson? Forgiveness ends the dream of conflict here. You know, the first half of my life, I didn't know that all conflict was in my mind. And the most wonderful part of God's plan for salvation is how he um, gives us to each other. And I'm sure that that was with our consent, but nonetheless, uh, how he gives us to each other so that we can recognize that conflict is in my mind. You cannot give yourself your innocence, he says in this reading. You cannot cannot give yourself your innocence but should one brother dawn upon your sight I'm reading from paragraph 69 that's all it takes you know way back in chapter 4 he said your mind is naturally abstract but the ego's got you all confused about names and places and specifics and bodies and form and all what have you but your your real mind your natural mind is naturally abstract and furthermore he says this in chapter 4 your your divine mind is naturally abstract and that divine abstraction takes joy and application fine abstraction takes joy and application we've read in this chapter I think something to the effect that what my brother loses I gain and what I lose my brother gains and that life is a fight over who's going to win or lose but in reality he wants me to know that what my brother gains I gain and what my brother loses I lose remember lesson 108 way back when it was giving or receiving or wanted truth he said this is so easy to see this is so easy to practice and you, you'll experience it instantly just sit back and say to everyone I give peace and spend some time with just that thought to everyone I give peace and you will discover to your own amazement that peace comes rolling back at you uh, even to greater degree than what you gave it 
That's how easy it is to prove that giving and receiving are one in truth. And my friends, that is the, the essence of the simplicity of salvation. What I give my brother is my gift to me. I can't give myself my innocence. I can't. But because every brother is a gift to me, when I extend that innocence, that guiltlessness, that sinlessness, by looking at the soul of my brother as another soul on the same path as me, born of the same father, going to the same home, and I reach for that hand, I've experienced the gift of forgiveness. And what have I learned, really, except that any space between my brother and I was where? Where was that space? Any space between any brother and me, where is it? It's in my mind. This is the Savior's vision. In paragraph 78, after I see one brother, just one brother, by using the means he's given me, the vision, the guide, the faith, using the means he's given me, just one brother, should one brother dawn upon you as wholly worthy of forgiveness, just like your vision, Patricia, is wholly worthy. What a gift that was. Should one brother dawn upon you as worthy of forgiveness? I learned that I must be innocent. Give the faith to him. Give the faith to him. Uh, to recognize that he's populated the world with himself. And in that world, there's nothing to be afraid of. <laughs> there's just, um, it's just friends, you know? And, and to recognize that um, certainly makes of this world a place, not hell. Um, but in terms of practicality, I want to say something that's really useful. <clears throat> I think it's really useful to me. First, I want to say this. Everything in this Course in Miracles is out there for potential experience in a reality way that brings the gift of certainty. Absolutely everything. He means everything he says. And it's all true. And it's all within the realm of real experience. When I ask from an open mind what is the meaning of what I see, the real gift of the Course in Miracles is that it's truly predictive. You know, um, when I ask, I'm given. And it's predictive of a real life experience. Um, a real life experience of holiness. And um, I know that for sure. But in terms of real usefulness, you remember Lesson 161? It asks you to um, think of this one. You already know him. He's in your mind already. 
this one that you're having difficulty with. See everything about him, all his particulars, his mannerisms, the way his face looks. You know, get a clear picture in your mind of this one. And then say to yourself, give me your blessing, Holy Son of God. Give me your blessing, Holy Son of God, for I would behold you with the eyes of Christ. See my perfect sinlessness in you. And, and for the longest time, that was a confusing prayer for me. I didn't understand. You want me to see all the problems that I've made, you know, and make them really real in my mind and get it all together in one big package of problems that I made? And then say, and then say that, give me your blessing, Holy Son of God. But what he wants me to know from that lesson is that I'm the one who made this package of problems. I did that with my mind. And I, I created, I made that vision of a problem with my own mind. And then he says, ask your own heart, in your own heart where your truth resides. Ask your own heart, give me your blessing, Holy Son of God, for I would behold you with the eyes of Christ and see my perfect sinlessness in you and watch your brother be transformed. This is how forgiveness ends the dream of conflict here. It helps me to realize that should one brother dawn upon your sight as holy worthy of forgiveness, your whole your whole notion of yourself will be transformed. And you'll discover that to your own delight, you've always been innocent. And so has everything else. And I'm complete. Thanks, you guys. Oh, thank you. That was good. Thank you so much. Absolutely beautiful, Lori. We're all mirrors of each other's souls. It was so clearly illustrated to me in this letter from my sister and how I reacted to it. (laughs) Oh, boy, I just wrote it down. I wrote the whole package down. All the stuff that I would accuse her of, all all the fingers I would point at her. And then seeing them point point back at me and and who 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 was it that made the package of judgments and who made who made all the accusations and and how they were really of myself, I was really just and it only took it took less than an hour to sit down and to to see that mirror of myself and of 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 myself and my sister and how I was projecting the sins that I hated about myself on her and um to take responsibility for how I saw myself and how she saw me and then to ask forgiveness for it because we know not what we what we do and what came to me was um when Christ was on the on the cross and he said, Forgive them, Father. They know not what they do. And um in our unawareness, in our inconsideration, 
in our unconsciousness, how we do all of these things, um, and how we need to be aware of them and be so open-minded and, and willing to trust each other and uh, our reflections of ourselves in each other so that we don't accuse or shame or blame or be angry or justify anger. It's so important to me this morning. Thank you. I am complete. This Jennifer. Um, I wanted to put this in. Thank you too, Judy. Beautiful. You're doing beautiful. <clears throat> Thank you. Um, Lori, I wanted to, uh, and everybody here, while Lori was um, uh, uh, delivering this message, I chose to um, go in my mind, my heart, and do the exercise on the spot. And what I found uh, beyond tears <laughs> was that, um, the judgment I had towards, and I didn't know it, <laughs> I had a judgment towards myself in my response to uh, another. And that's what's holding me hostage in hell. And, and them as well, unknowingly. And um, I feel lighter. Uh, and I can see wholeheartedly I'm in my heart and my mind after this exercise. Well, during too, but more so now. Now I'm anchored in my heart. So the exercise is beautiful. And <clears throat> Lord, thank you for all your wholehearted uh, emotion and love. Oh, my gosh. You're like a honey bear. Just everybody on the call here is. But uh, Lori, you speak for all of us, and I'm just so grateful. Thank you for this exercise today. I'm free. <laughs> Did you say I'm free? <laughs> yeah, I'm free. I'm free because I dropped the judgment of myself with this uh, with the, with this other person. I didn't realize that I had this. There's like this hell going on, and um, the part of me that wants to kill me and everything uh, is is just kind of stewing around, and then there's the part of me that's hearkening towards all the things that we're doing together as a group and, and in between, and I just want hell to be released on this front. And when you, you had uh, delivered the exercise, I went, I'm going in. And I'm going to picture this person, and I'm going to. And what I found was I had a judgment against myself. I thought they were judging me, but no, it came from me first, like Harrison was talking about when he was pointing out. Peace starts with me, not the other way around. Peace never is going to start at the, you know, at the president's, or you know, it starts in the home. It starts with you and I with ourselves first. There's no other way. I'm complete. Oh, that was beautiful. Just <laughs> beautiful. Thank you.
it's so beautiful you got Patricia back again because I also happen to be a the big sister of a, a lot of siblings and a, and young ones and very similar circumstance and with a story knowing now that it's not about the story it's about what we're bringing I'm hearing this wonderful chorus line saying, and now, Patricia, you know the job of the oldest sister is to keep that little one's tank full. And then I asked, well, what does that mean? Well, to keep her tank full, honey, means you only speak of what you appreciate in her, and you only share what you love about your life. Allow that empty tank to be a part of your past, big sister. Be the one that fills those siblings' tanks up. Only be a voice that responds with what we appreciate about her. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks, Patricia. Patricia. I love you. Amen, sister. <laughs> I I'm your little sister, Patricia. <laughs> I'm thinking of signs and symbols and forms and images, and how it's all twice removed from our capital reality, which is purity and light and spirit and love and happiness and joy and peace, which is all our inheritance and all that is inherent in who we are in truth and how it's twice removed from what appears, what appears as our bodies, as our thoughts in our bodies, as the stories that we verbalize from the thoughts in our bodies, brains, and you know how that, you know what a what a wicked web we weave when we practice to deceive, that we don't see through and not judge. Um, who we think we are, um, when we do just, when we are just deceived by what we think we are in these roles that we play and that we're all just equally um, calling for love, to be loved and to be loving, to be acknowledged as lovable and how simple it is and can be if if we just keep it simple spiritually. The... Um, signs and symbols of images in the imagination of the dream of the world and the parts that we play in it. Whew. Everybody, take hands with everybody else. <laughs> We're all in this mess together and can rise above it in our holiness. Amen. I'm complete. Thanks, Judy.
Thanks, Judy. Sorry for the noise. I'm at physical therapy, so just a quick comment. Um, Marianne Williamson used to say, there's only one of us here. And I'm not sure I understood what she meant when she said that. But lessons like today, even readings like today, usually find me. But I'm not separate from my sisters and brothers. No matter who they are, no matter what they do, how I see them is how I see myself. And when I remember that and besides, I don't want to see myself that way. Then the only thing do I have the motivation to see things differently. I'm complete. Oh, that was awesome, Harrison. Thank you. Well, thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. You know, that's a really common saying, if you think you're spiritually fit, go visit your family. (laughs) Because all of this imprinting of of who our ego-minded thought process gets started and identification with the body starts, at home in our families with our siblings um, from the time we're little kids. And who knows? I mean, I didn't know my sister harbored a grievance from 50 years ago. And and that was in in what was something of our, our beginning of our adulthood. And all the all the little hurts and, and woundednesses um, that we accumulate before we even leave home from our parents and our siblings, our cousins and our aunts and our uncles. You know, the um, somebody, I think it was you, Jennifer, that mentioned unconscious guilt. And, um, you know, from the time that we're very, very young in our awareness of ourselves, we have a conscience. We are consciousness already. We were conscious, Christ consciousness, before we were born. Before we were born. And there's a line in, the, um, in that paragraph that I read that, that said, that one line that said that, we were born for each other, to be mirrors of one another. But we're not taught this. We're not aware of this. Because we're taught that we're separate and individual. And... Um, that's the teaching of the world. And so I think, for me, the lesson is particularly important um, in recognizing um, how forgotten and unconscious these these grievances and these hurts that I hold 
and um, and being mindful of things that push my buttons on a daily basis because whatever relationships um, challenges were for me when I was little certainly got carried on into my relationships as I aged and weren't resolved until I became conscious and aware of them as disturbing to me. And I think we bury so much of this stuff, deny it, ignore it, try to escape it, all the things that it said in today's lesson, deny, evade, um, you know, put responsibility where it's not, that blaming and um, projection, and um, to recognize that when I'm in conflict, when, I'm, when I've lost my peace, that I'm responsible for making myself aware that I am disturbed and, and stilling myself and asking myself, what is it in truth that is disturbing me? Because it's never about them. It's never about somebody other than me. It's never about something, a situation or a circumstance other than me. Because there is no other than me, capital me. And, you know, so many lessons come to mind. You know, I can only attack myself, I can only forgive myself, I can only bless myself, I can only be grateful to myself, because it is oneself. And I'm either grateful for all of it, wholly and completely, I either forgive it all wholly and completely, I'm either happy with it wholly and completely, I'm either at peace with it wholly and completely or I'm not whole and complete myself. And that is my responsibility. And in a way it sounds like a lot, but to me it really makes it simple and unequivocal and, and choiceless. This is where the one choice, the one answer comes for everything. Teach only love because that is what we are. Well, this has been great. Thank you guys for reading to me and for me and being with me, listening and sharing. I am complete. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. All right, I just have to out with it. <laughs> I've got this thing that's given to me to talk about. It's from Course of Love. It's a... I, I see it as a, a, a real key to happiness, right? That he says in there, I'm not asking you to accept what you do not like. I'm just asking you to accept that you do not like it. And I think this is a... It's like you talked about buttons. And not the kind that hold things together, but the kind that seem to give a shock when pressed. The thing that... that this acceptance 
that it's me not liking something, that it's my difficulty in a situation, is uh, is akin to accepting, oh, my button's, you know, button's been pressed, and then remembering to ask, whose button is that? <laughs> Who's carrying that button around all wired up, ready to go? And I think in in the... This this speaks also to the what the course talks about that we divide our in being alone, but really being made for a relationship of all to all. Well, we we have to divide ourselves in parts to have relationships, and so we have an innocent part, the quote unquote bad and good, and we try and keep them separate to protect the good, but <laughs> it, it is the, the judging that, you know, the fear, consider it might just start with the fear that we might be bad, and then, and then we have to be on the lookout for it and judge things. And uh, the Course says that fear itself is a judgment that we're not whole and already fine. And so this thing of not trying to accept what you don't like, but just accepting that you don't like it, it helps to pull pull back, for me anyway, to push through that veil of like, where is the real cause here in my upset? And it's always some judgment planted in my subconscious that, you know, the ego seems to play games around. But, you know, the ego is really just, like it says, it's an idol. It's an idea that's false about the Son of God. And so the inner voice that speaks for fear is can be heard to be saying I consider myself to be alone and not a part of all life and uh, it can then you know this thing of being able to not fight it but just hold that thought put it on freeze frame what is the upset here that has me be upset. And it's always some use like the like the reading today talks about the sort of judgment and separating things into good and bad. And separating and and then believing myself to be at the effect of this as opposed to what the Course would have us believe, that it really is all for us, and the way to be released is to be for all of it. And... uh, Uh, to everyone, God has God entrusted all. 
because a partial savior would be one who is but partly saved. The holy ones whom God has given each of you to save are everyone you meet or look upon, not knowing who they are, all those you saw an instant and forgot, and those you knew a long while since, and those you will yet meet, the unremembered and the not yet born. For God has given you his Son to save from every concept that he ever held. And it is the release of the concepts that seem to determine what life means that it's in there that salvation arises and uh, yeah I think I just want to offer that as a good first step is to not try to accept what I don't like it's been very useful in these trying so-called trying time, but just to accept that I don't like it and then examine why and and it, uh, and it becomes easier to understand and that I'm trying to get along in that in that picture with the ornate frame, which where the frame just all screams separation and the picture is actually hidden. The true picture is that the world's light is given to each of us. And the only difficulty is it comes from us hiding it. And Anyway, I'm complete there, and uh, thank you all for <clears throat> being here this morning and uh, reading was, and sharing. Go ahead, Lord. It's marvelous, Lemoyne. I have to thank you for that share. Oh, that, that was just splendid. Thank you so much. Thank you, too, Lemoyne. Great. Back at y'all. <laughs> Thanks for being here, reading and listening. And uh, I'll end the recording here, but the call will continue for, well, as long as it continues.